0: John 20. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth, and cometh to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple, whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter, therefore, went forth, and that other disciple, and came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and came first to the sepulchre. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulchre, and seeing the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple which came first to the sepulchre, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. But Mary stood without at the sepulchre weeping, and as she wept she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre, and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back, and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? And she, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself, and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master, Jesus saith unto her touch me not for i am not yet ascended to my father but go to my brethren and say unto them i ascend unto my father and your father and to my god and your god May, May, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the lord and that he had spoken these things unto her Then the same day at evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the jews came Jesus and stood in the midst, and saith unto them, peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side, then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so I even so send I you. And when he had said this he breathed on them and saith unto them receive ye the holy ghost whosoever sins ye remit they are remitted unto them and whoever sins ye retain they are retained But Thomas one of the 12 called Didymus was not with them when Jesus came The other disciples therefore said unto him we have seen the lord But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of his nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered, and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name.
1: So if you can turn with me to the uh, chapter that J.P. read earlier this morning. I won't be going over the whole chapter, but I will be going back to John chapter 20. Of course, we have four accounts of, the, of the, the resurrection, each one of them supplying us with additional information from the writer's uh, vantage point. Uh, there's been critics and liberals that have sort of uh, dismissed it at, uh, as contradiction, um, and they do require some, uh, some study, and there's excellent uh, materials on that. I won't go into that in detail today. But uh, they are great vantage points from all these. Um, in First Corinthians 15, verse 3, Paul writes, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. So the events of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ uh, did not happen out of nowhere. But they were long ago predicted and foretold in the Old Testament. In fact, right from from the beginning. When our first parents sinned, before God uttered the the punishment and the effects of it on on them, he gave them the promise. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. If we look back in the Old Testament, we already... Have seen, uh, Good Friday in particular, many um, pictures of the suffering of Christ, mainly Psalm 22 and Isaiah and others uh, that would uh, predict that. And there's also a few about the resurrection, and we read some this morning um, in my call to worship. Psalm 2, verse 7 I'll declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Psalm 16, verse 10, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, or the grave, neither wilt thou suffer an holy one to see corruption. When Paul and Peter would preach unto the Gentiles and the Jews in Acts 2, um, they spoke of these words. And he said in Acts 2, 31, seeing this before he spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus had God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. And then again in Acts thirteen thirty-three, <clears throat> God had fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he had raised up Jesus again, as it is written in the second Psalm, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption. He said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Therefore, he said also in another psalm, thou wilt not suffer than holy one to see corruption. For David, after he served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep. He did die and was laid unto his fathers. And he did see corruption. David died like everybody else, dies, and his flesh did see corruption. In other words, he did not speak ultimately about David, but about David's greater son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And both apostles produce this as evidence that it was foretold that his body would lay in the grave for some time, but not long that it would see corruption. The divine guest would no longer remain in that grave. So this psalm gives us another layer of interpretation. The stance of death and decay would not come to him, nor could it. And you find other illustrations uh, in the prophets, Isaiah 26, verse 19. Thy dead men shall live together with my body, with my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in the dust, for thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. You know, speaking about the church as a body. Uh, collectively uh, Christ raised us up. And uh, Hosea 6 verse 1. Come and let us return unto the Lord. For he hath torn and he will heal us. He has smitten and he will bind us up. After two days will he revive us. And in the third day will he rise us up. And we shall live in his sight. Then shall we know. If we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning. And he shall come. Unto us as the rain. As the latter and the former rain. Upon the earth. Often prophecies had a a double meaning. In scripture. uh, For the people then. And would be applied. As uh, we see in the Psalms. to, To us today. Ephesians 2. Verse 5. Even when we were. We were dead in sins; hath He quickened us together with Christ. For by grace are ye saved. He hath raised us up together, and make us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We see the resurrection also in prefigured in types, like Isaac, when he was um, as good as dead to Abraham. You know, Abraham was told to sacrifice his son, and to Abraham he was as good as dead, as it were. But on that third day, when he took him up to be offered, and when that knife was hovering over him, he was stopped by the Lord. And it's a picture of that resurrection of Christ. Joseph's perhaps a little bit more clear. He was for three days or three years in that prison. There in his prison clothes, as it were, serving. And he was, on that third year, he was taken out of his prison and raised to glory. He left those dirty prison clothes behind and he was clothed with royal splendor. Think of the reference that the Lord made about Jonah in a, in a form of a rebuke in Matthew 12, 29, or 39. And he answered on, and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it, but except the sign of the pro- prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth so Christ is preaching Christ from the old testament for three days Jonah was as good as dead as it were in the whale until his new life began again on that third day and he preached the gospel to the people of Nineveh how important every word of god is we think about the old testament a casual reference in Jonah about the amount of time he was in the whale uh, is important to us and Christ speaks about it again in the New Testament some of the pictures were clearer than others of course nevertheless they all point to Christ if we have eyes to see every book of scripture every story, every event every sacrifice, every feast day would point to the Redeemer it all points to him so let us look at John, particularly verses one to eighteen. And we see Mary Magdalene there at the tomb. Mary was likely from a town of called Magdala and was one of the women that had been ministered m- ministering to Christ. Some said she was a prostitute. A Catholic, particularly are uh, fond of saying that for some reason, although the Bible does not say that in particular. In her past, no doubt, she was a deeply troubled lady it was out of her that seven devils were cast out and one does not get exposed to that type of possession if if she hadn't been involved in something or another to get there and Christ had set her free from the bondage and she followed him since she had been saved uh, a stick out of the fire from her previous life and she was now burning brightly for her savior And she was among those that went with Jesus on his last journey to Galilee, to Jerusalem. And she had seen the the crucifixion and the horrific death of the Savior there at the cross. And she helped in the preparation of the spices that they were going to bring for further embalmment. Unlike Islam or uh, other apostles that would say, Christ really died. They had seen it. They had been witnesses of it. And some of them had handled his body afterwards. He was held under the power of death and was subjected to death for three days. It was part of his humiliation. They were there on the first day of the week. The the day of the week we now call the Lord's Day, a reference uh, to the fact of the resurrection, which we celebrate the the new creation, uh, which was completed by our, our Savior other gospels fill in that there were other women's uh, ladies with her and they wondered who would roll the stone away Mark uh, 16 verse 3 as it was too heavy to be removed by themselves the fact that these grieving ladies showed up shows you that they had counted the cost of following the savior the redeemer as it would have been kind of dangerous there was Roman soldiers there was the the, uh, the the Jewish leaders who had uh, crucified him and others perhaps um, they had not been followers just in, in fair weather only but stayed with him until the end they had come early before the sun was gone up they kept they kept the Sabbath and then they went up and they were eager to finish to finish the job of embalming him little did they know Psalm 30, verse 5, perhaps, that weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And about coming upon the garden, they saw that the stall was roamed away. You can imagine their reaction, their surprise, their fear, maybe relief, perhaps, that it was already open. Spurgeon comments on this this particular passage. He said, God often removes difficulties out of the way long before we come to them. Mary ran away from the tomb. On the way, she met Simon, Peter, and John and mentions to them that the body of the Lord was taken away out of the tomb. She assumed that, that that was the case. Was it stolen by grave robbers? It was common in those days. Especially robbers liked to steal the, the, uh, the, the bodies of rich people. Sometimes they had other valuables on them or with them. Did the Romans steal it? Or did the Jewish leaders had something to do with this. Peter and John, upon hearing the news, at once start running to the grave. You can just kind of picture that, right? Both of them running. They get they they're in panic and concern, maybe, maybe some hope, as they remembered some of the verses that were told to them before. And as they were traveling together, the one would outrun the other. John was younger than Peter, so he was able to outrun him. And you wonder what. Would have gone through their grief stricken mind. You know, the Lord had told them about the resurrection, right? John 10, verse 17, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. Jesus had previously said in John 2, verse 19, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Coming to the, the grave, John was kind of peeking inside reverently, not as brave perhaps, sort of uh, contemplative, standing outside the grave wondering what was going on, seeing the grave clothes were still there. But it was Peter, boldly, as is typical for Peter, that went in. It was his character, a bit, a bit impulsive, a bit hasty, And he drew in John also. And they noticed the linen clothes neatly folded up. Would a thief or anyone else that would have taken the body away by night leave the grave clothes behind, let alone fold them up? It did not look like a a hasty type of a theft. Perhaps some light started to dawn in the minds of the apostles. Matthew Henry writes... (coughs) Christ had left his grave clothes behind here. What clothes he appeared to, to his disciples, we are not told. But he never appeared in his grave clothes. These were laid aside. Because he rose to die no more. Death was to have no more dominion over him. Lazarus came out with his grave clothes on. And he was to use them again. But Christ, rising to immortal life, came out free free from those grave clothes others in the Old Testament and in the New of course have been raised to to death a number of them in the Old Testament and the Lord raised some in the New Testament but they would die again the resurrection of Christ was unique and when Peter and John saw that it was empty for sure they believed the account spoken of by the woman that the body wasn't there now some commentators say. Well they believed as in. They believed the resurrection. Or they believed that, that Jesus was alive again. There's difference. Opinion on that I would say. Looking at the next verse. And how they were hiding in the house. Afterwards that they believed the account. Of the, the, the ladies. But perhaps there was some rising hope in them. As they thought about all that Christ had spoken them. Very shortly, a few days before, Christ had said to them, A little while, and ye shall see me, see me not. And again a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. And ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. So four times in the, in the Gospels, the Lord had mentioned that he would rise from the dead. You wonder if they at least started to ponder at last. Nevertheless, verse 9 there, it says, they did not have that full understanding that the Messiah must rise from the dead. They were dull in their mind when it came became to this doctrine, even though Christ had so clearly said that he would. Um They needed the fullness of the Holy Spirit to understand that, to open their eyes. Notice that word must in verse 9. He must rise from the dead because the scriptures say so. And we looked at a few of them here this morning in the Old Testament. The apostles went there to defend the proof of the resurrection. And notice that the real basis of the faith of our faith is in the scriptures. Which speak of him. Perhaps we can look at one more. We can go to Psalm 22 together for a moment. We, uh, we often read this psalm on Good Friday. And the first part of that psalm. Uh, of course speaks about the suffering. The death of all that happened. It's, just, it's like you're reading the gospels right. What you, what you read in those uh, first Verses of Psalm 22. Verse 1 to 21 is is where it speaks about that. Then afterwards, you see verses that have a resurrection theme to it. And maybe you can read it together and um, you can see the, the, uh, the, the, the resurrection account. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye that, seed of Jacob, glorify him and fear him, all ye seed of Israel. For he hath not despised, not abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from them. But he cried unto him, he heard. But when he cried unto him, he heard. My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I'll pay my vows before them that fear him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. Think of the, us feeding on the gospel of the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus coming in the midst of the disciples, declaring uh, himself and showing himself unto them. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Think of the, the joy of resurrection morning by those that saw him. Your heart shall live forever. Think of the, the gospel that gives us peace forever with our God. For the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. All the kingdoms of the nations shall worship before thee. Of course, the gospel call is to go out into all the world, to every tongue and people and nation. And that has happened since. He must rise from the dead because he was the sinless son of God. Death had no hold on him. He must rise because he is God and God cannot die. He is unchangeable, he's eternal. Christ rose from the dead by his own power, as he said many times, but also by the power of the Holy Spirit and the Father. there was a triune all the members of the Trinity were involved. He must rise from the dead for a witness to the church for his disciples. all the disciples saw him, the women. The, road, the two on the road to Emmaus the 500 at once I suppose he could have risen and immediately gone into heaven but that would have uh, now we have all this evidence and as Luke says with many infallible proofs uh, he has showed himself and it was for our encouragement Christ must rise from the dead because it showed the approval of the father that his work was accomplished he had not stayed that. He had conquered it. He was victorious over it. He had paid the sin of his people. He must rise because it was an unavoidable necessity. Sometimes you hear of testimony of people, especially if you've grown up in the church all your lives, perhaps, and you've heard the Bible preached, maybe sometimes even in, in great churches, uh, But sometimes, like me, my youth going to a church where it was kind of a weak church, we never saw that. We were like the disciples. We were blinded to the Savior. We were blinded to Redeemer, that we needed a personal Redeemer. And until then, we are dead. We are dead in our sins. But by the word of God, he makes us alive, that we could see it and hear it and believe it. We are like the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Their eyes must be opened. A quickening ray must be sent from above so that we could see Christ by faith and our need for him. Let's follow Mary Magdalene again. Mary must have walked back as John and Peter run. Uh, When they left, she returned to the garden and to the grave and looked in herself weeping thinking with a certainty that the body was stolen and now the grave looked empty her weeping and visited the grave spoke volumes of her affection of her master the kindness that he had shown unto her she was written off probably by society or whatever she had done she was possessed she was probably weird before that time But the Lord had mercy upon her. And it says. to Whom much has been forgiven. You know. That person will love the Lord more. And we see that in her. She was now a sheep. Without a shepherd. And with weeping eyes. Probably still hoping to see. The body of the master. She looked inside the grave. And to her surprise. She saw two angels. Two messengers from heaven. Sitting one at the feet. And the other at the head, where the body of Jesus had lain. John doesn't give us any details about her reaction as he writes this down for us. Normally, whenever we see people encountering uh, encountering, uh, angels, there's a great fear. There's a great uh, wonder and amazement. Uh, But she talks to them, as you can see here, as though it was the most normal thing in the world. So focused was she on finding her Lord. Seeing these two men in white, and out of the mouth of two or three witnesses would be established, uh, you can see Mary had, uh, was really looking for her Savior, and she would not rest until she found out what had happened to him. Angels did not distract her waiting and wanting to seek him that her soul loves Reminds me of the Song of Solomon. Verse 3. Talks about the bride. Seeking her beloved. I will rise now. And go to the city. In the streets. In the broad ways. I will seek him whom my soul loveth. I saw him. I found him not. The watchmen go about the city. And found me. Whom I said. Saw ye him whom my soul loveth? Of course the Song of Solomon. Is a great picture of the Savior. A great picture of the Redeemer. The Christian, any one of us who are believers, we can only thrive with an active side of Christ. To know his nearness, to know his word, to know his promises. When we lose that, by neglect of prayer or reading of his word, communion with him, obedience, maybe by sin or the, the gathering of the saints. If we, ne- if we neglect that, we lose faith and our faith grows weak and we lose sight of him. Our faith grows dim perhaps at you this morning maybe the worries of this world your current situation obligations, health issues have been cause for you to look more at those things than at the author and the finisher of your faith and like the bride in the song of Solomon you have lost sight of him or it has dimmed back to the grave The angels in white, that picture of that holiness and purity reflecting of the world of light from which they come from. Angels, of course, have always announced great things, announced the birth of Christ, were with him when he was tempted in the wilderness, and prayed with him in the garden before the crucifixion, and strengthened him there. And throughout history, with every big event, we see angels appearing. They spoke to her asking, who are you seeking and why are you weeping? The question almost seems a little bit as a, as a rebuke to her, implying there was no need for it. Instead, we should see tears of joy. She answered them and said, <coughs> what is making her so sad because I've taken away my Lord? So calls him my Lord. And I know not where they have lain him. Once again, it showed her love for the master, whom she wanted to pay respect to. She calls him my lord, not ashamed of it, but still proclaims it. The sight of two angels doesn't make her wonder, cheer, or snap out of her grief. She is a a lady in deep grief and sorrow. All that she had once believed was now dim. And her savior was gone. All was lost. But within earshot of her uttering those words was the risen Christ, the redeemer. While she finished speaking unto the angel, the Lord stepped and addresses her questions, her fears and her sadness. He asked her the same questions as the angels did and asked her, ask her, whom do you seek? Mary longs to see the body of Christ. And wonders where there is, and behold, she sees him in life alive, but she has not yet the eyes to see that it was him that her soul loveth psalm thirty four eighteen the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken spirit, literally here, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. He was much closer to her than she thought, or that she could even think perhaps Mary thinking not seeing clearly, uh, perhaps through her tears, or um, maybe not looking quite straight at the Lord Jesus, was still facing the angels, perhaps thought it was the gardener. Ask him where he removed the body, doesn't even mention who she is speaking about, and where he had laid him so she could attend to it. Again, it shows her resolve and her love for the Lord. And then with one word, he removes her fear, her ignorance of what was really going on, her doubt and despair and hopelessness. With one word, her world would never be the same again. The sheep, Jesus had said, will hear my voice in John 10. They'll know the shepherd's voice. The scales fell off. And like Joseph, when he revealed himself to his brothers, Christ reveals himself to Mary Magdalene. And through her tears, she saw and she heard that it was the Savior. She heard that voice that she had heard so many times before when she traveled with him. Isaiah fifty, forty-three, verse 1. But now thus said the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine Christ still reveals himself to us through his word and by his grace by his spirit we believe and we respond to to that she now turns to him and says Rabboni meaning my master Lord much like Thomas would do later in this chapter we don't go there today but my Lord and my God A true sign of a Christian is that he's aware that he has a master over him, a Lord over him. He is not his own. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren. He said it is not that he could not be touched, or that there was something wrong with it somehow, or that he didn't have a real body yet, as some have said. Christ would shortly present himself to Thomas, invited him to touch and to handle him, and to others also. It seems here that Mary throws herself at his feet and was holding on for dear life, not wanting to let him go, and worshipped him, of course. No wonder her great sadness had turned into an immense joy when she understood it was the Lord. So she threw herself at his feet, And was going to embrace and kiss him. And to testify of her affection and joy and held on to him. And the Lord was not rejecting that type of honor. But was saying, I have got others to go to. I've got others to say. I will still be here for some time, 40 days. And then I will go up to my father in heaven. You'll see me again before that time. And see." he directs her, go tell my brethren. And what a consolation here. That he calls the disciples brethren. This is the first time. In the New Testament. That he calls them by that term. Before he always called them friends. But now he calls them. Brethren. And what an honor for her. Who had been. Relieved of the seven devils. To mention that to them. (coughs) The disciples remember. Had all forsaken them and had fled, Mark 15, verse 50, as the Lord had foretold to them that they would. And yet he's eager to reveal himself to them. In his hour of greatest need, they had fled. And Peter had actively denied him. And now in their hour of great disappointment and sadness and doubt, he sends them good news and he calls them Brothers. A warm family term, and what a what a picture of that is of the of the love of God, and the Lord Jesus. It was meant to put them at ease and to speak to them peace about their earlier flight, and what a mercy and what a kindness and what a hope that is for you, and me. Verse eighteen: See, directly and quickly obeys the command of the risen Lord even though she may have wanted to stay there for some time she carries the news to others luke 24 verse 11 said when she did this that their words seemed to them as idle tales and they believed them not you know often we kind of give thomas a, a bit of a hard time but the disciples too wanted to see more right they were also unbelieving just like thomas <clears throat> but the Lord in his mercy and grace knows our frame Psalm 103 like as a father pitied his children so the Lord pityeth them that fear him for he knoweth our frame and we, we, he remembered that we are but dust here we see again the Lord's mercy giving um, not rebuking them but showing them themselves multiple times and, uh, and uh, be kind to them as he shows himself to them Time does not permit to go as into all the appearances of our Lord this morning. Of course, he traveled famously with those two disciples on the road to Emmaus, who did not recognize him at first as well. He rebuked them for their slowness of heart, for not knowing the scriptures. And from the beginning of Moses and all the prophets, he, he expounded to them the scriptures. And then their eyes were opened, and they saw it was the risen Christ. And later they would say to one another. Did not our hearts burn within us. When he talked to us. By the way. And while he opened unto us. The scriptures. Again the scriptures are the foundations. Of all truth. He revealed himself. In verse 11. In verse 11. uh, Or sorry. um, Oh yeah Thomas. He revealed himself to Thomas as well, uh, so he, he went to the disciples on Emmaus, he revealed himself to Thomas. Uh, Thomas had you know had the, the not just the two ladies but also now the the other ten disciples um, telling them that it was so, but he still did not believe. And again we see the patience and the mercy of the Savior to him. John twenty verse nineteen. Then on the same day at even. Being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, when the disciples were assembled, out of fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Here he reveals himself for the first time to all of them. The disciples were fearful at first indeed, but that did not last long. After they saw the risen Christ, the most boldest and fearless and most daring men in all of scripture wouldn't they they would stand before kings and rulers the Jewish leaders they were left for dead at times and they boldly proclaimed the risen Lord they would be thrown in jail they would be threatened they would be ordered to stop preaching and they because as they said you've turned the world upside down and yet they kept on going they never seem to fear again. You remember in Acts 12, James, the brother of, of John, had just been killed by Herod, and Peter is in jail, and he's going del- to be killed next. The church prayed without ceasing, it says. The church prayed without ceasing for them. That's what we do for the persecuted church, too, I hope. And they called on the risen Savior to rescue him. You remember an angel came to him in jail and they had to wake him up. He had peace. He had peace with his God. And he believed that promise that Christ has said, for lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. Later, Peter would write, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which, has, which according to his abundant mercy had begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that faded not away, reserved in heaven for you. If Christ had not risen from the dead, we should be without consolation and hope. All the work and sufferings of Christ would be in vain if he had not been raised from the dead. Do you have that lively hope this morning? Perhaps in your life you've gone to many a Good Friday service, many an Easter service. You go there because it's a good thing to do on these particular days. And perhaps you mentally assent to them and you believe them, as it were, as a series of facts. But the truth of the gospel, of course, cannot just happen outside of us. It must happen inside of us as well. If it's never been lively to you, or never been personal to you, or it's never really hits your heart, then all the great songs we sing, all the accounts we read, does you no good. Your eyes need to be opened. Would you not examine yourself today whether you are his yes or no has his death truly become yours has his burial become yours have you been raised to newness newness of life if you're not raised up spiritually now you'll not be partakers in that great resurrection to life which is to come none are justified who do not believe but all that believe are justified. Christ is that bread of life, but by faith we must eat from it. He is that great well, as he said, that wellspring of life, but we must draw from it. He is a great refuge, but we must go to him. And if you have that faith, how does it show? What kind of fruits does it show? How, do, how does it rejoice? The apostle Paul speaks about it he said I've got no confidence in the flesh but rejoice in Christ Jesus and all that he has done the thief on the cross simply said Lord remember me knowing that he had nothing to offer no good works to bring he was dying as a criminal and seeing the savior his eyes were opened at that last moment the jailer looked at Paul when he was in prison there and that great earthquake hit and he said, "What must I do to be saved?" And Paul said, "Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Die in thy house. There's no other we look to. There's no other name whereby we must be saved. His work for sinners is complete. It is finished. Paul says. Now then. We are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did. Beseech you by us. Calls you. We pray you in Christ. That be ye reconciled to him. He urges. Them be ye reconciled. To God. Through Christ and his. Great work. I'd like to end with. The reading. of Four verses or three verses in. Hebrews 1, and uh, starting at the first verse. God, who in sundry times and in diverse manners spake in in times past unto the fathers by prophets, hath now in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world's. Who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had purged himself when he sorry when he had himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on God on high do you have that intercessor interceding for you this morning? have you gone to him, or is this another Easter service you attend, and it's just formality but it's you're still dead in your sin may the lord cause you to think about these things amen let's pray heavenly father we thank you for the risen redeemer we thank you if we're believers lord this morning for him that loved us and gave himself for us thank you lord that we have eternity to look forward to, Lord, that our sins have been dealt with, Lord. Father, we thank you for that unspeakable gift. Lord, help us, anyone here this morning, whether they be young or old, Lord, that they would truly know you. Father, pray for children. Lord, that you would save them by the simplicity of the gospel. And that they true would there put their trust and faith in the Redeemer. In Jesus' great name we pray. Amen.